Hello, I'm Sebastian Marshall, and this is the Ultra Working Podcast. Let's talk a little bit today about project momentum. Um, and I'm going to talk about this mostly in the context of individual projects, not not uh, team projects. Um, just because I think it's it's easier to model that way, and uh, and still still generally applicable and, and transferable. So. We'll kick this off. I had a conversation with Colin Z. Robertson, who's a wonderful guy. Um, he's been a customer of ours at Ultraworking for quite a while, and he's he's really just like a, a renaissance man. Um, he's a programmer who uh, you know does some work in some very tried and true, very well-established programming languages, but also gets on the new fanciness from time to time. He's an electronic music composer, and he'll like rescore um, old like black and white movies with electronic music, like silent movies with electronic music. Um, independent researcher, you know, like, did research around an essay on the history of the British labor movement. Um, really just a wonderful, uh, you know, wonderful guy and a wonderful thinker. And um, we were having a discussion and, and uh, had a bit of a, a, a breakthrough. We were talking about just kind of, because he does projects in so many different types of fields, research and writing projects, programming projects, uh, music and, and art projects. You know, when you when you do work across different fields, you can start to see the kind of universal commonalities and, and patterns in projects. And so that's what he and I were chatting about, and uh, just had a couple of gems get out of there. So, you know, uh, as a not so insightful, crazy point, projects have a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? I mean, some things don't end; they go on forever, like a process. But you know, everything starts, goes through the middle of it, and ends for anything that ends. And I think there's a pretty widespread agreement that the middle is the 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 ugliest part of things. And I was exploring that with Colin and, and why that might be. And to paraphrase a, a bit of a in-depth conversation, uh, to paraphrase a little bit, he, he said some smart things about how what it's like in the beginning of the project and what it's like at the end of the project. And he jumped right in to explain how the middle is the rough part and then how he gets through that. And uh, I, I was able to, I'm like, hold on a second, what you're saying about the start and the end of it, I think we could almost like graph this. So we could, we could call these, I just made this up, it's not like a technical term, but we could call there's like a factor one thing on motivation and momentum in a project. We could call that the starting momentum. And we could say there's factor two, which is like finishing momentum, let's say. So early on you have starting momentum on a project. Um, and there's, there's probably a couple of things. First off, just anytime you're doing something novel, there's excitement, it's new and so on and so forth, That's, there's that. But I think the biggest thing of why projects are really cool in the beginning is at the beginning of the project is when you have the most freedom. At the beginning of the project is when you have the most freedom. You know, early on, right, if you have an idea for a story, you could write a, a short story, you could write a novel, you could write a novella, you could make a comic book, right? You could make a screenplay. Um, you could, you know, do a live performance, you know, um, of it in like the theater. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you could tell a story if you had an idea for a story you wanted to tell. Once you're two acts into writing a screenplay for a movie, your freedom's way down. You can't write the third act. There's a certain way that movies go. You can't write the third act now as a bunch of sonnets and poems. It's Now it's a screenplay. So the third act has to be a screenplay if you're going to not radically rescope the project. Early on when Colin you know, chooses, hey, I'm going to, you know, uh, do a, uh, electronic music rescoring of an old movie. He could have picked any project that he wanted to do that appealed to him. And then he, uh, he could pick any movie, right? And he can also pick 
um, you know, different genres of music and tempo and sound style. And I don't know much about music, but, you know, whatever. There's a bunch of things. But, like, you know, if you get halfway through scoring a movie with, like, classical music, you know, um, probably a little bit difficult to switch movies at that point. And then probably also doesn't mean you could then switch to, like, rock and roll. Like, you could, but it would be, like, pretty weird. That's generally not how projects go. So as you make decisions in a project and, and, and start shipping some of the work, your, your freedom goes down. You know, things start to look a certain way and there's certain complementary things. You know, if you're going to have a dinner party and you're trying to decide what to make for dinner, um, early on you have a lot of freedom ranging from like, hey, let's just order some pizzas to like make, let's make really fancy French food, right? But, you know, once you've gotten all the ingredients and set up and told people what you're cooking and whatnot and you've, you've got half of the french menu built out and the ingredients bought uh, you know you probably don't want to throw a domino's pizza in around it round it out like you can as an exception from time to time but like generally speaking that's not the right way to do things so as you get into a project okay you have the novelty excitement burst early but but you also have the most freedom early you can radically rescope or respec what you're doing early you have the most freedom and the freedom will consistently go down throughout a project, right? When you're 99% complete with a project is when you have the least freedom to change it up. Now you just got to make your last calls and, and ship it out the door. However, the end of projects also tends to be pretty good. And I think that's when like the end is in sight. You know, you've got finishing momentum. You can see the finished version of your thing coming out um, and get the win and get the gains. So somewhere maybe around the halfway mark of a project. It's not like a super sciencey thing here. I don't have any measurements or whatever. Halfway through project, two thirds of the way through project, three quarters of the way through the project, something like that. You know, you start building up finishing momentum where you're, where you're like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can see this getting out into the world, right? Well, if you were to graph it, where when a project starts, you have 100% freedom. You can say, you know what? I thought I was gonna score an old movie, but instead I'm going to score a nature documentary. You know what I mean? Or, you know what? Let me make a video component myself. Instead of scoring a two-hour movie, I'm going to make a five-minute video with a song on it that I want. Tons of freedom. You have more or less, you know, approaching 100% freedom um, when you're just starting. Once you start putting those blocks in place and make decisions, freedom falls really rapidly. And, you know, you've really lost a lot of the freedom by the middle of the project. It now looks like what it's going to look like and there's certain accompanying details that just need to go with it if you're going to get it shipped out the door. In the middle of the project-ish is when the finishing momentum hasn't really picked up yet because you have the lowest freedom right before you put the project out the door. You know, you've written a whole book and you finally submit it to the publisher or publish it online, uh, you know, for the whole world, right? You know, it's like, okay, like once, if you're using Amazon, uh, create space and you know when the last step is to click the button like what's the freedom you can like decide all of a sudden you're not gonna do it but like clicking the publish button right that's that's it that's the last step right so that's when you, you know you have the least freedom is the very very end like five seconds before the project is over is you have the least freedom and only so much you could do in five seconds but there's the end I'm gonna hit that button and I'm gonna celebrate right I think the middle is when that factor one starting momentum is you know that comes with freedom and, and and stuff like that is i don't know out of 100 scale 40 30 20 and the finishing momentum might also only be 20 or 30 you know what i mean it might not have really built up yet so so i, I don't know it's almost like 
you, you can almost see it like whichever of those two numbers is higher is your momentum and morale in the project. Early on, you got that starting factor one, everything is exciting and I have all this freedom, momentum and, and motivation behind it. And when you're going to finish, you've got that factor two, like as it gets really about to get out the door, it's like, hey, this is almost done, cool, let's run it down. Um, and the middle is when you're at the lowest uh, collectively on those scores. So I said, whoa, this is very insightful. The graphing it was my idea, um, but the general concept I kind of extracted how Colin talked about his projects. And he said what he does in the middle. You know, he's, he got in, you get in early, you start tearing it up. You know, you're, you're, you're scoring with electronic music, a movie, or you're doing a programming project or, or some such. And early on, the, you know, like, oh, how do, how do I even get this done now? I'm, I've, I'm in the middle. There's stuff all over the place. He said he makes a list of everything that's a problem and doesn't worry about how to solve it. And then he starts knocking them out. So I found that very interesting. His step, once he realizes he's in the middle, where it's like, huh, this is like started to take shape. I can't just do whatever I want now. I don't need to just start throwing paint around on the canvas. I, I got a painting here that I'd like to get finished, metaphorically speaking, or literally, potentially. Um, but like, man, like, what do I need to do? And then he says he makes a list of everything's a problem without worrying how to solve it. And that, that was really interesting. That was really, really interesting because I think what that does is if you could list out every single problem that once these are all solved, they're solved. Um, and, and problem here is a, a in the most generic sense, not problem like, whoa, that's a problem, but problem like, like it's a, like something hasn't been created yet that needs to be created as a quote unquote problem used in a neutral sense, right? Well, if you've done a reasonably comprehensive version of that, you can then start to see the path to that finishing momentum. Hey, well, if I solve all of these, I'm done. And that might be an extensive list, and it might take a few weeks to get through it, and Colin's projects sometimes can be, be quite long-term. So, um, you know, but then you have a list of stuff that once you work through that entire list, you're presumptively done and can get things out into the world. Um, so that's that, that was his big thing for the middles. Once he realizes he's in the middle, the novelty and freedom's down, there's now some, some lines of the thing, there's some constraints and whatnot, he sits down and makes a list of everything's a problem, ranging from like, if you're having a dinner party, like, I gotta go buy some paper plates, to like, haven't picked a soundtrack, to, you know, hey, I gotta figure out what to do. I, I invited these two people, but they just, uh, they, were in a, they were a couple, and they just had a really nasty breakup, and like, they, they both shouldn't be here. What do I do about that? Um, and these don't need to have solutions to them right away. You just make the list of stuff that is a problem that you need to figure out. Then uh, he, he said he's fairly intuitive about he doesn't find solutions for all of them and start implementing them. Sometimes he attacks the biggest problem first. Sometimes he knocks out some little ones for wins. uses kind of intuition there. Um, but, but I found that pretty good. Um, I, I had three other thoughts that if you buy this model that they're starting momentum early uh, in a very high freedom can do whatever you want in lots of novelty state in the end, you got kind of finishing momentum when you see the end in sight and you look like, cool, I'm gonna be able to get this out the door. I had a few other thoughts. Um, as, as to what to do, um, basically relating to the beginning, middle, and end of a project. Uh, the first thing, and I think this is something that comes with experience, this is something that I've certainly gotten better at as the years go on, that I was not great when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, and now I think I'm getting better all the time at it, and actually even all right. Uh, good decisions when you're under that starting momentum, good decisions. Um, you know, something I see really screw people all the time is a lot of times you have a decision to make early in a project about what you want your quality level to be. And a lot of times people don't make that decision, they just go for max, right? So, you know, if you were gonna make a, a, a cartoon, like a comic book or something, right? 
um, you know, there's comic books um, like the Japanese comic Lone Wolf and Cub that is the most beautiful, period, accurate, like legit could be hanging in museums. And if you if you Google it, Lone Wolf and Cub, it's a beautiful series. You'll probably see the clips of of you know violence. It's a sword fighting samurai Ronin story thing. So you'll probably see like you know him flying around with swords and stuff. Actually, the breathtaking aspects of the art for me is like the artists would go just like sit and draw Mount Fuji or a, a bridge lake crossing or uh, you know people working out in in rice fields as period accurate as possible from the 1600s. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful work. It must have taken so much effort and hours. It's beautiful. You could look it up, Lone Wolf and Cub. I think it's so beautiful and, and, and try to find one of the, just the naturescapes from it, not even, uh, you know, one of the action scenes. Um, but here's the thing. Once you do that, once you do half a comic book in that style, you've signed yourself up to make everything museum quality, right? You can't at the start of it have that and then at the end of it have, you know, like The Simpsons or, or you know, something that's more like, you know, uh, kind of whatever. And there's there's very popular comics that aren't, you know, illustrated to, to max whatever, you know, they, they might have a, a unique art style, but, you know, again, something like The Simpsons, um, these are animated television shows, but, you know, The Simpsons or Family Guy, um, you know, are, are, are popular shows. South Park are popular, and it's, it's, not, it's not carried by wonderful, beautiful animation. There's beautifully animated shows, um, and there's beautifully drawn comic books, and there's comic books where the characters are not as detailed, um, and it's driven more by humor or plot or whatever, right? So I think, you know, early on, when you're under starting momentum, it's like, hey, everything's super exciting. Let's make a, something that could hang in the freaking museum. Um, but then you've signed yourself up for that quality throughout. Whereas the audience might have been perfectly happy with 60 out of 100 quality drawing, and especially if it's more narrative driven or humor driven or whatnot. So like ironically, you know, freedom goes down rapidly as you start putting pieces in place, going too high of quality at a level that you maybe couldn't sustain um, or wouldn't want to sustain on a longer project. You know, you can be fanatic on quality for like a month, but you know, if it's not your full-time job, if it's like a hobby, you know, you're maybe not 15 months in a row, and that might be how long it would take if you're trying to make Lone Wolf and Cub quality art for a longer, longer piece. Um, so making good decisions early around that. What's the scope of it, right? What's the scope of it? Not setting the quality bar too high. Ironically, I find it's easier with work to go back and increase. Sometimes, sometimes it really super depends. Sometimes it's easier to go back and redo and improve the quality, but it's like hard to ratchet down the quality so you can make it a little looser later, ironically. It's kind of counterintuitive. Um, the other thing is if there could be like sub-shipping checkpoints, um, I think that could be good to take another samurai novel. Um, Eiji Yoshikawa wrote Musashi. It's a wonderful samurai novel, but he wrote it with each chapter was published in a, a local Japanese magazine um, once a month for like five years or something. So one of the reasons it's such a nice novel is because every chapter of it has kind of rising and falling action is somewhat self-contained, um, even though it adds up within the sections and within the novel itself to a whole work. But, uh, and I believe Charles Dickens wrote the same way. Um, so yeah, that was shipped kind of piece by piece, right? Um, so you have these intermediate points, you know, in that regard, it might be easier for people to put out like a television show where the episodes come out one and the next one comes out, the next one comes out than a movie where you got to like work on it for ages and ages and ages and it gets released as a full final product. So if you could ship the intermediate 
pieces as you go, and you can set up some sort of structure with that when you're under starting momentum, right? So you're getting a little bit of that dose. You're bringing some of that finishing forwards where you're shipping a piece of it and then it's kind of locked in. Again, that's decreasing freedom even more, um, but done intelligently and thought about while you're getting, you bring a lot of that finishing momentum factor to finishing momentum forwards. Um, I think it makes sense to spend as little as time as possible in the middle. I think a lot of times when you get in the middle of a project, uh, it's kind of like, what am I doing? I'm just kind of meandering around. What, how do I make this good, right? Um, I think you want to get out of that as fast as possible. I love Colin's guidance there. Just make a list of everything that's a problem. And don't worry about how to solve it. And then you start knocking them out. Um, so I think that's really good. Um, and yeah, you just don't want to be in that middle state. Middle state's like, if possible, not the time to sit and introspect and stuff. Ideally, you make the calls and get the stuff right kind of in the beginning. You might need to, you know, one third to halfway in, sit and clarify some things and clarify the scope of it if you didn't already. But um, radically rethinking the nature of art. A lot of projects die in the middle. A lot of projects die in the middle. And some of them die at the finish line, but that's more rare. You know what I mean? I think. I'm pretty sure. You know, they don't die in the really excited beginning window when people just start running loose and, and having fun with it. Um, every now and then somebody finishes a work and they don't want to release it because they're shy about it or they're not sure or whatever. I've actually experienced that too where sometimes I uh, did a work and I'm like, I don't know if I want to put this out. Almost every time I did, I think every time I did where I wasn't sure if I wanted to put a work out or not. I think every time I put the work out, I, I never regretted it once. Some, some of those were my most popular things I put out. Um, but yeah, it's the middle is when things die. They die at the end sometimes, but usually the middle, right? Um, and then and then finally, you know, build and keep the finishing momentum, right? So, like, that's a real thing. I don't know. We could probably name it something more scientific sounding. The activation of human arousal factors due to uh, noticing near completion of goal-oriented state. I don't know, we could like science the term up if we want, but I mean, I think it's pretty clear, you know, like when something is near complete, there's like, oh, cool, I'm about to get this out. Um, so how do you bring that forwards as much as possible? Um, I think it's worth thinking about that and designing around that. Um, you know, if you have a release date or a launch date, I am fully convinced that there are, are plenty of like perfectionist Hollywood directors and producers that if they didn't have the date the movie was coming out announced, the movie would just never ever come out. Um, and same with music albums and things like that. And and you know famously there are some um, some people, Dr. Dre, the American uh, you know rapper and, and producer, um, apparently just works on things like forever. You know like albums that take like ten years to come out or even don't come out um, because there was no date and 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 he was already so successful that he was under wasn't any under any pressure or compulsion. Um, to put out something that wasn't uh, fully to his taste. Um, if you don't have those luxuries, and, and even if you do, um, you know, sometimes you can lock down, okay, here's the date that I'm going to ship this, or, or here's a, a pre-release copy I'm going to give to somebody or something. So you have these kind of near completion milestones um, to hit to bring some of that finishing momentum forwards um, and to hit it more reliably. So, all right, recap a little bit. Um, Colin Z. Robertson, CZ Robertson on Twitter and I had some conversations. Beginning of a project, things are very exciting. We call that factor one starting momentum. Maybe the primary reasons you have the most, there's probably other reasons, but maybe the primary reason is you have the most freedom at the beginning of a project. You're feeling it out and you can do whatever you want. You're unconstrained. As you make decisions as to your medium and your form factor and your quality levels, freedom starts falling rapidly. 
freedom starts falling rapidly in those cases. If you're having salsa night, you're probably going to need salsa music, right? And there's certain other accoutrements that are associated with any given thing. Now, early on, you didn't have to have salsa night. You could have done anything, but once you've committed to salsa night, then you need to get your salsa playlists and people that like to salsa dance and whatever. Um, so freedom falls. Later, you get a kind of finishing momentum. Project's going to get done. You can kind of see the end in sight. You can see land from your ship, if you will. The middle is when those lines are collectively both at their, you know, freedom continues to go down throughout a project, but that's a, at a low where it hasn't yet been crossed over by the finishing momentum picking up. So you're going to navigate that as well as you can. And if you buy this model, which seems correct to me, um, good decisions when understarting momentum. Don't create an unslayable beast. Um, yeah, don't, don't do it. Make some good decisions early. Scope it a little shorter. Set the quality bars appropriately and maybe even a little lower than you know you could do, um, depending on if it's like a masterwork signature project or not. But if not, maybe slightly lower but much faster is a good trade. Then in the middle, spend as little time there as possible. Get through it as quickly as possible. I love Colin's technique. Make a list of everything that's a problem without worrying how to solve it and then start knocking them out. Probably brings a lot of that finishing momentum forwards. Um, and yeah, and then build in, and, and keep building on finishing momentum and do anything you can there. Launch dates, release dates, pre-release stuff, getting people to review your stuff. This varies from project to project naturally. Um, but yeah, you know, you can kind of, there's a lot of things you could do to put close to complete milestones in place. So you've got something to ship and have to ship, and then you also get the benefits of shipping those things. Um, cool. Navigate those projects well. Um, big thank you to the excellent dialogue from Mr. Colin Z. Robertson. And yeah, reading you a lot of success and well wishes on all your projects. Thank you for listening. Be well.